You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. You can visit us online at theriverdurant.com. We hope this podcast is a blessing to you and you can even bless someone else with it. Amen and amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Uh, turn with me in the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. We'll try to make this short. You know how that goes. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity you've given us to open up your word this morning. I thank you that your, your word is salvation, and that word of salvation is, is power and strength. It, it literally gives us a life that we can step into and, and actually live an experience beyond the life that we were living. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're the great teacher. I thank you that you have come to bring us revelation knowledge to, to your word so we can be transformed on the inside. I thank you so much. It's not about changing and stopping what we're doing on the outside, but it's about knowing who we are on the inside that causes us now to do what we know we should do because we're of who we are. And I thank you for that revelation in your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. One of the things I want to mention real quickly is that Jesus came, He said, I come to bring you life and life more abundant. He didn't say, I came to bring you things to add to your life that are going to make your life better. Did you hear that? Jesus didn't say, I have come to do some things that you can add to your life to make you have a better life. He didn't say that. He said, I came to bring you life and that life is more abundant than anything you've ever thought about living, basically. So what we need to understand is that Christianity is not about you adapting certain rules and regulations and you know, coming under a certain denomination or a certain mindset and adapting it into your life to make your life better. It's about you surrendering your life and stepping into His. And there's a difference in you adapting Christianity to your life versus you stepping in to his life. There's a way of living, a way of being. See, one is one will always be performance orientated. If you are adding Christianity to your life, you're always worried about what you're doing and maybe not doing enough or doing too much or shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that. But if you're setting your life down, dying to yourself and stepping into the life of Christ, now you know who you are in Christ Jesus, that no weapon formed against you will prosper, that it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives inside of me, that old things have passed away, all things have become new. Because there's this new, there is a dying to self when you come over here. And one of the things we're going to talk about this morning is liberty. Now, you can't help, I mean, liberty is probably going to be the most talked about subject on this Sunday. It's kind of like what do you talk about at Christmas, you know what I'm saying? But on the 4th of July Sunday, liberty is talked about a whole bunch. And one of the main scriptures we're going to read this morning is found right here in the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So what this is saying, if you just look where I'm at up here, over here is going to be 
uh, a type of living that had a yoke of bondage about it at one time. And then Christ came to set us free from that and brought us into this way of living. And what this scripture is saying is, says, don't, it says, stand fast in the liberty and don't be tangled again. Don't be put back under bondage again. It says, stand fast in the freedom or in the liberty in which Christ has made you free. I think what's really interesting, what you need to understand, is that these are two different words where it says, stand fast in the liberty in which Christ has made you free. See, one is a one is a uh, uh, a position. One is a see. There, there were there were people that were uh, in the Civil War. There were slaves that were set free, but they weren't free on the inside. Something had been established for them, but they weren't living in it because of a lack of knowledge and understanding, and a, or a willingness to trust that liberty and that freedom. See, there is the freedom, the position of it, and then there's that reality of liberty. The reality of freedom is when you begin to live in what you have heard and what you know to make this see to make see a lot of times what happens is people over here they hear about the kingdom of heaven on this earth and they just they hear about it they receive it but they're not living it on the inside. Does everybody understand that? So it takes a dying to yourself and a that's why in the book of Galatians and I, you need to hear what I'm saying here cuz the book of Galatians was, was writ, wasn't written to Jews. It was written to Gentiles. You need to understand, when you study the Bible, which book was written to whom? The book of Hebrews was written to who? Hebrews, Jewish people. The book of Galatians was written to Gentiles, people that weren't Jews. That's why in the book of Galatians, you don't see any mention of the Jewish history. The Apostle Paul didn't teach all the things about the Ten Commandments. He didn't teach about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and, and all, the, all the stuff in the past. Paul was teaching the revelation that he had received. It was called the mystery. See, Paul taught the mystery, not the history, to the Gentiles. And so to the Gentiles, and what you need to understand is that when Paul went out with his message of the gospel to the Gentiles, the Jewish people were coming behind him bringing the history. He was teaching the mystery. The Jewish people were coming teaching the history, saying this. Well, we'll, we'll be okay with the Gentiles receiving the salvation as long as they get circumcised or some other kind of rules and regulations. Okay? And so what you need to understand, the very first part of the book of Galatians, it says, says it's all foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Once you receive something in the Spirit, how do you think you can maintain it in the flesh? And so the whole book of Galatians is, is Paul writing about standing free in the liberty and the freedom in Christ Jesus. And that's when it comes to the end here in, in chapter 5, verse it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty in which Christ has made you free because they weren't. They were getting pulled back into this realm. Does everybody see that? They had the message of freedom, the freedom in Christ. Now see, there's a freedom in Christ from religion and law. That's what Jesus came to set us free from, was from the, the, the old covenant and set us, set us into the new covenant. It's not a mixture of the old and new. You can't do that. But not only is it a setting free from the old covenant, but there's so many scriptures where it talks about don't let your liberty be a license so your flesh can just do what it wants to do. 
See, liberty isn't about just being set free, but you've been empowered to be at liberty. See, I've been set free to serve. See, I serve now because I want to, not because I have to. See, see, grace gives us the freedom and the liberty to be free from our works, but now do more. Paul said, I do more according to the grace of God than all the other apostles put together. He didn't do less, he did more. Because of the liberty that he was, because he was now free on the inside, he realized he tapped into a power and a strength that he never could realize over here. And so there's a way of living. See, a lot of people are still trying to live the Word. You're trying to apply the Word to your life instead of taking your life and put it in the Word. And that's the difference. Man, I tell you, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty in which Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. In 1775, there's an issue that started happening in our great, state, uh, our great country. Uh, we were under the control of, of uh, England, and, and uh, in 19, uh, 1775, we were deemed to be traitors. There was a group of people that were called traitors by, by the, uh, the official government of England. They said, those people over there in the colonies are traitors. Once they begin this process of calling us traitors, then the revolt began to take place, which was already taking place. But in 1775, something, because of that labeling, something was raised up in them. And it was all based on taxation without representation. Everybody knows church, you know, American history uh, fairly well. So. And this began a process of revolt that began to take place, the American Revolution. And in, 1770, in July 4th, uh, 1776... Uh, what do we call that? What do we call today? Independence Day. Now, now I've heard this preached on a whole lot, but I, I will have to say I haven't, I've never heard it preached as well as when my son preached it here, I think, two years ago. Does everybody remember that? He had me going, too. I mean, he had me writing in, you know. He says, yeah, yeah, I don't know if you remember this, but he was up here saying, yeah, when, when's Independence Day? You know, July 4, 1776. No, it's not. That's when, see, July 4th, 1776, is when we declared our independence. But we hadn't earned it, or we hadn't received it, or we hadn't, it wasn't fulfilled, it wasn't established. See, once you, see, it was declared, but see, we celebrate, we don't celebrate the day we got it. When did we get it? Does anybody remember the date? I happen to know what it is because I prepared we remember July 4th, 1776, don't we? But you don't remember September the 3rd, 1783. Because that's when we won it. That's when we... Oops. That's when we... Uh, um, how say it in church terms? That's when we were victorious. Against <laughs> England. Oops. Oh, that's almost what came out. <laughs> That's when it was over. You know, but see, we celebrate when we declared, not when it was actually over. It was done when we spoke it. See, we, it was declared, it, give me liberty or give me death. And then the battle began. 
See, there's a liberty. Stand fast in the liberty which Christ has made us free. See, well, I don't feel free. Listen, we, war, we, we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And there's, see, as long as you're living over here, the only thing that's the way that you're going to get out of this is by you standing up and saying, you declaring and celebrating what's already been done in the heavenlies. You understanding that, listen, there was a government that was trying to keep you down, keep you in bondage, keep you under control. It was a religious system that was birthed from the world. There's a religious system out there that wants to keep you under bondage in guilt and manipulation just so they can control you. There is. Whether you know it or not, most of us have come, from, come out of them. And there was a time in my life when I saw this and I started standing free, standing, the standing in the liberty of Christ. And I said, I am not going to go back under the bondage of man. Whether it's called church or any other organization, it's the bondage. It's, you're not free when you're under or controlled by something else. You're not free. So you're set free so you can live in the kingdom of heaven on this earth and you can walk pleasing to the Father because you want to, not because you have to. I'm free to serve. I'm free to live. I'm free not to drink. A lot of people drink because they have to. Their body tells them to. Their whole system. They're addicted People are addicted to things, addicted to food, addicted to, to self-worth, addicted to all kinds of things. And they do that because they have to. Listen, I don't because I'm free not to. There is a world of difference. You choosing not to do something because you don't have to than if you have to. There's a freedom and liberty in Christ Jesus that's there for us to live in. I tell you what, it's such a powerful thing, this principle of freedom and liberty, which, I mean, everywhere Paul went, he was preaching the liberty that is in Christ Jesus. And it says right here, it says, don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Once you've been free, you can go back again. Yeah. Don't do it. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Let me turn there real quickly. I'm going to go ahead and read a couple of these scriptures while we're here. Galatians chapter 5. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And that's what we're talking about. Don't use your freedom as an opportunity to express your flesh. Use your liberty now to serve. Use your See, they were supposed to serve over there, but now we're supposed to serve over here out of freedom, not out of guilt. And see, flesh just doesn't mean doing things in the flesh, but... Sometimes we think that doing things in the flesh is just sinful things. But I'll tell you what, going to church can be in the flesh. It can be carnal. If whatever you do, if your mindset is that whatever you do on the outside makes you better on the inside, that's flesh. You can't do anything on the outside to make you more right with God than what Jesus Christ himself has already made you. 
Period. If you can do something to make yourself more right with God than what Jesus Christ Himself made you, Jesus died in vain. And you need to understand that. That your self-worth, your righteousness, your, your position with Christ is based on what Jesus did, not what on you do, because it was based on what you do that makes you Savior. It's not, you're not Savior. Thank you. I'm glad Jesus is my Savior. Amen? Amen. Let's look down in verse, um, verse 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I tell you, I, I love what it says to walk in the Spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, it says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty! Freedom! I love that. And there's, there's really not a difference between the word liberty and freedom. I love the Braveheart story. I mean, you ever see the movie Braveheart? He's laying there. What's the last thing he says? Got one thing to just say one thing. He goes, okay, freedom! Just like Patrick Henry. Give me liberty or give me death. He didn't, I don't want to, I don't, listen, I, I'd rather die than live this life over here. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'd rather die. I don't want to live in this world under this mindset and this rule and regulation. Give me freedom. Freedom not just to live what, how I want to live, but freedom now to do the will of God who called me and chose me and blessed me and gifted me. You understand what I'm saying? That now there's a power working in me to cause me to do good. Not because i got to become good, because I already am. Man, that's, that's strong right there. You need to understand you're good because you're inside, not because the outside. Boy, I tell you what. Let's see, look what it says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15. Wow. This, this right here, now we could teach on this just a long time, and we get into this on Wednesday night in our heart physics class. Uh, I'm going to start reading on verse 14, but inasmuch then the children have, per, uh, have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those. Everybody say release. release. See, that's freedom. Releasing is deliverance. Deliverance, the word deliverance and, and liberty and freedom is almost the same word. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subjected to bondage. Wait a minute. He just got through saying up here, don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Bondage is not freedom. Bondage is is not freedom. Bondage is the opposite of freedom. Jesus came to set us free from bondage and to set us free into liberty. Watch what it says here. This is powerful. To release those who through fear, as long as there's fear in your heart, fear of death, do I need to explain what the fear of death is? It's not the fear of dying. It's the fear of consequences is what it's talking about. 
That's exactly what this scripture is talking about, is that if you have a fear of if I do this, I'll get that. If I don't live right, I'm going to die and go to hell. There's a fear with that. There is not a faith. Does everybody hear what I'm saying? There is a mindset that says that, see, see the, your heart determines how you interpret things. Your belief system is in your heart. The Bible says that, out of your, that if you believe in your heart, not your head, your head has information. Your heart will determine what that information says. You can take two people, same scenario, and they think differently because the heart believes differently. One person will think this way, one, people, one person will think this way, all because of what they believe in their heart. If you believe that you... If you believe that God's love for you is based on your perfect obedience to the law, you'll never experience the love of God. Never. Because you'll never have perfect obedience to the love of God. See, it's the fear of death. It's not death that separated them. It was the fear of it. The fear of consequences. If what you do, if the consequences of what... Listen, I, I, I'll, I'll put it this way. This makes some people think. Because I had to ask this question in my life. Would you have said yes to God? And what Jesus did? Would you say yes to salvation? Even if not going, even if going to hell was still part of the deal? Now see, that's how most of us are introduced to the goodness of God. But if you stay there. In all your life, all you do is says, okay, I did this, so now I don't get this. You haven't really experienced the love of God. The love of God is far beyond not going to hell. Jesus came to this earth to introduce you to what is called eternal life. Eternal life is not going to hell. Eternal life is knowing the Father. Period. You knowing God. Are you saved because He promises you healing? Are you saved because He promises you a better life? Are you saved for some other reason other than Him? He needs to be the reason you're saved. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said it this way. Whether my God delivers us or doesn't deliver us from this flaming fire, He is still God. Man, that's strong. See, that takes the consequences out. Do you love God because of consequences? Or do you love God because He's your Father? Man, I tell you what, it's, it's a whole new way of living when you live outside of consequences. Living outside of consequences is freedom! Because here's a whole group of people that says here that all their life were in bondage and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You'll be subject to bondage as long as you're worried about if there's a, a spirit of fear. 
Matter of fact, the scripture even says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I tell you, this is powerful. Another thing I want to point out here is that uh, in 2 Peter uh, 2.19 it says, while, these promises, uh, while they promise them liberty, they themselves uh, are slaves of corruption for by whom or what a person is overcome by him or what also he is brought into bondage. Let me say that, let me read it again. For by whom a person is overcome by him also he is brought into bondage. So in other words, what this is saying is that if you are overcome by a situation or a circumstance or an individual or a denomination, can I say it loud? Did I say it loud enough? If you overcome by a situation, you are in bondage to what you've been overcome by. If you've been overcome by alcohol, you are in bondage to alcohol. Alcohol is not going to send you to hell. This is not a message on not, not drinking. I'm just saying you're in bondage to it. If, you're un, if, if you are in its control, you are in bondage. And there's a freedom from it. I'm not saying you can't drink. I'll never tell you that. I'm just telling you it's not good for you to be in bondage because there's a freedom in Christ. See, I'm free not to drink. Some of us aren't. I'm free. You know, there, there's a freedom. There's a power and a strength. You know, I, I am free not to eat as much as I used to. I used to be in, under the... under food because food was powerful in my life. I was under its bondage. I know some of you out there, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You just can't quit eating. The, you, you had to resort to eat, eat the little container of Bluebell because the big one went as fast as the little one. <laughs> you didn't put it back till it was gone. You were under bondage. I had, a, I had a monster in me that couldn't get fed enough, and so I kept eating. And so I had to deal with my monster. I was under that bondage. I was under that. You know, and sometimes our whole, most people live their whole life under some kind of bondage and they're not free. But the Bible's specifically saying here in 2 Peter 2.19 that for by whom or what a person is overcome, by him or what also he is brought into bondage. Let me put it this way. If you're under the rock, you feel the pressure. If you're on top of the rock, you don't feel any. The rock is still there. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? If you're under the rock, you're feeling pressure. Life hadn't changed, it's just what's your perspective. A rock's a rock. A situation is a situation. Are you under it, feeling the pressure? You're under bondage to that. You're controlled by it. You're moved by it. You're affected by it. Are you on top of the rock? If you're on top of the rock, you know how to deal with it. You're not affected by it. You're not under its pressure. You're in control. It doesn't matter what the situation is. People tell me all the time all these terrible things happen in their life, and I simply just want to say, well, quit looking at it that way. I, I, we had a great testimony in Henrietta last week. Just, just simple truths of the word changes whole family's life. 
they were just so they were just so blessed that the word had come into their life recently and and explain things in a certain way and they were going through some major what they called major scenarios in their life and the, the situations weren't pretty but really had a simple answer to it and the guy got actually got mad at me because I said well it's not that simple this is such a bigger problem than what you no it's not you know your problem is only big as you let it be well yeah but you don't understand I, had a, I think I shared this before uh, in Minnesota I had an uh, altar call for all those that had special problems. An altar call was full of people that had special problems. And God had me tell them, as long as it's special, he can't do anything with it. <laughs> I said, go back and don't make it special. Didn't pray for them. Oh, no. <laughs> you don't think I didn't? Because they were giving it more value than the power of God. They were holding on to it because it was special. Even if it was negative, they were, it was giving them some kind of value, some type of... They were getting something from it or they wouldn't want it. Just like this couple, we just told them well, some simple little thing to do. Three weeks later, which was last week, we went back up there and they were just like, oh my gosh. They were like this. Just telling how simple it was to make changes in their family. They ended up going on a little vacation together and, and having husband-wife relations that they hadn't had in a long time. Do I need to explain that? They were on the verge of divorce. 33-year-old daughter just ra ra raising havoc in their home. Grandchild having to live with them. All they did was one thing. And they couldn't believe how simple it was. Just the Word of God. Just got to use it. Amen? Amen? Thank you for that. All right. Let's go on. Let's talk about the Statue of Liberty real quick. We shared this, I think, two years ago. Statue of Liberty was, was a gift from France. Actually, there was a group of people called the Franco-America. Uh, there was a group of businessmen in France that saw uh, what America had. France was part of our liberty, part of that freedom that we experienced from England. Amen? Our independence. They were part of that. They supplied our, a lot of our need, and they were part of our uh, uh, support from that. And this was 100 years later when the, the Statue of Liberty was, was given to us and commemorated to us. And the Statue of Liberty has several different parts, but there's two things you need to look at. There's a base for the Statue of Liberty, and then there's the Statue of Liberty. The Statue of Liberty is the green part. The rest was made by Americans. Okay? The base was made ten years after... The base was made ten years after the statue was given to us. Inside the base is the plaque that says, Give me your tired, your poor, your humble. You know that, that little thing, that little poem? That plaque, that poem, that base has nothing to do with the original purpose of the statue. But because they put the statue on the base, everybody thinks that now the Statue of Liberty, the whole thing, is her saying, the Statue of Liberty saying, Give me your tired, your poor. And it, it's not. That's the base. The, the statue was never given for the purpose of America saying, 
Bring me your hungry, your tired, your poor. I'll take everybody. That's not what the Statue of Liberty was ever about. The Statue of Liberty was created by a group of English, uh, Frenchmen, and, uh, businessmen in France that wanted the liberty that America had experienced for a hundred years to come over to Europe. And that's why the Statue of Liberty is in this pose. She has one foot ahead of the other, and it's in a walking motion headed forward. In other words, taking the liberty that was in our nation to other nations. That's why on the crown, the seven crowns of the Statue of Liberty, or the, the one crown with the seven little spikes, seven continents of the world. Each one is represented by one of those spikes that come out of the crown for a specific reason. That's the way the person that made the statue determined it to be, to take it out. The, the flame, the torch, okay? We just saw that. You, of course, I'm looking at it knowing I'm going to preach. I'm going, oh my gosh, there it is. You know the torch's flame is pulled backwards. It's not going straight up. She's going forward. She's in a walking motion. She's taking the liberty, the freedom, the mindset of independence away from the shores of America into Europe. That's what they were trying to communicate to people. It wasn't bring me all your people are discontented. We'll love them. That's not what it says. That sounds like the church, doesn't it? Oh, but what really sounds like the church, let's, let's go get them. Let's share what we have. Let's, let's, let's go out and, and invade other people's territories for the kingdom of heaven. Let's begin to express and determine the... You know, but it starts with a celebration of our determining to do this. Declaring the liberty which Christ has made us free and stand fast in it. I tell you what, there's so many cool things about the Statue of Liberty. Look this up, it's all cool stuff. What was written engraved on stones? The law, guess what she's carrying? In her left hand, she's carrying a what? A tablet of what? You know what's written on that tablet? July 4th, 1776. She's taken liberty. It's engraved in stone. You know what's at her feet? Does anybody know what's at the feet of the Statue of Liberty? A broken chain. Didn't know that, did you? Torch is being held in her right hand. <coughs> Crown going out to the seven continents of the world. Declaring liberty. Stepping forward. The flame. <coughs> All that's destroyed when you change the original intent. Give me all your poor people. All your sad people. And we'll just create a large building and put everybody in it. Oh, I like large buildings. I like, I like them full, but I like a large building full of people going. You see what I'm saying? I like a group of people. Listen, we in the body of Christ need to be out taking the truth that we have. See, Paul did not stay in Jerusalem going, I'm set free. I'm set free and I'm just going to wait for people to show up and I'll tell them what I got. He went out into the Gentile world of the He went out spreading liberty and freedom. He went out to the, the people in Galatia. He went out telling them about the freedom in Christ Jesus and to stay free. Don't go back under bondage. Stay free, people. Stay free. As long as I'm here, listen, stay free. First of all, you got to experience freedom. 
Right, Pam? Then you got to share freedom. You got to share freedom. Freedom was meant to be shared. I tell you what, we need to understand that we've got a message that the world has to hear about. But the church isn't free because it's not telling anybody about freedom. A lot of churches are just communicating more bondage, just in a different form. The gospel of Jesus Christ is freedom, liberty, peace and joy. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let's stand up. Did you know that the, the woman, do you know why it's a woman that's in the Statue of Liberty? Y'all ready for a little bit of trivia? <laughs> All those little comments. <laughs> it's a replica of the Roman goddess that stood for freedom. All kind of interesting facts. Father, we thank you for this opportunity you've given us to share your word. Father, I thank you for the liberty and freedom in which we have been made free. Father, I thank you that we're not going to use that liberty and freedom as an opportunity just for us to do nothing and just to do what we want to do and perform anarchy. But we can use that freedom now to come in line with your will for our lives and be able to achieve it because we know we've been empowered to. Father, I thank you that we've surrendered our old life and stepped into yours. That we understand that Christianity is not about adding to our old man, but it's about cutting off the old man and raising up the new. Father, I thank you that our new man is in you. Father, I thank you that, that we are in your kingdom of heaven that is on this earth, that we don't have to wait to experience heaven, that we can have heaven on this earth in the midst of difficult times. Father, we give you praise and we give you glory for what you're doing in our life. 